Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Affleck Daredevil, Jay. Doing as always is my co-host, Charlie Cox Daredevil, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Oh, shit. That means I'm way better than you. Yeah, but I get to date Jennifer Lopez. No, not, well, fair. Fair, you got me there. But one of us shared an apartment with Robert Eddie Redmayne and, and Eddie Redmayne and... Andrew Garfield, and I think a Andrew fifth... Andrew Garfield. Yeah, and, a fi- and a fifth person. There was five of them, from what I remember. So who really gets... But I was Batman. That's true, but you were like the worst, like the least liked Batman. I liked Ben Affleck Batman. Is it better to be like the worst Batman or the best Daredevil? That that is something of a question. Probably the worst Batman because Batman's yeah, you're a probably good right. hero. You're probably right. He and you're right. He wasn't the worst Batman. I'm just joshing. He was pretty good. He was in, he was in the worst universe to be Batman in. Yes, that uh, yes, I think that's the the reality of it. The unfortunate wrinkle. All right, Jack. We're chock full of content this week. We're gonna oh, We've seen a bunch of things. And it's gonna be like that for the next couple weeks. There's a bunch of things to oh, see, yeah. which is nice. It's better than when we don't have any. We don't know what to talk about. And we're like, uh, what old movie can we watch <laughs> quickly? I love getting an excuse to go out to the movies. I love it. I'm all about it. And that's what um, we got coming up. We got excuses to go to the movies. We do. We do. We so, do. Oh, but we, we're not starting with the movie. Scratch no, that. We're starting with the show. We're starting we're doing- with Halo. Third episode of Halo. We've been talking about Halo every week. Uh, I think, you know, we got a lot to get through, so we probably won't drag on too, too much with this one yeah. this week, I think. We'll get going. The, the biggest problem, I almost texted you while I watched this um uh, this episode this morning because I forgot on Thursday and Friday because I was watching all these movies. And I was like, Cortana looks so horrible. Yeah, oh bad. my gosh. <laughs> like, who approved that? Who signed off on that? Why is she human-sized? So many questions. I think, gosh. They would have been better off at this point just giving her Halsey's face, I think, because it seems like they kind of did something halfway. And they kind of address this in the show even, right? She looks like, gosh, what's the actress's name in this? Oh, I don't know. I do not know her name. Oh, no. They're discontinuing Cortana from Microsoft PCs. Probably because oh, no one uses it. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever used that in my life. Why would you? They were, I think I feel like they were in, expecting people to use it entirely just because of the show. Um, so it's Natasha... McElhone. I feel like I feel like she, I've recognized this actress in things before. I don't know about you, but she clearly did not stand out to me because I feel like I've never heard that woman's name in my life. It seems like they kind of did like a hybrid of her face and just Cortana from games. And yeah, it looks weird. The other thing is, I don't like, I don't know why she's walking around full sized. I think that's also strange. Yeah, I, I was and, not a fan of that at all. Yeah, I don't like, I don't know. Yeah, there's something un, uncouth about that, I think. She's very much the uncanny valley. Like, that's what it is. She's a robot AI who's kind of human, but not really. I think she should be more blue as well. I understand giving her the outfit. Like, don't get me wrong. Okay. I get it. It's 2022. You can't have like the, like basically naked bodacious woman walking around like from Halo 3 or whatever. I get it. Yeah. All right. But I just think she should be more blue. The outfit's fine. Cause like in the past couple games, she's been wearing those anyways. She, she just should be a little more blue. I don't know why she's like mostly just like a normal human coloration. Mm-hmm. Like the colors on her on her outfit and everything, but just kind of with like a blue hue over it. It is kind of how it feels, right? Yeah, um, and yeah, again, she doesn't need to be tall. I don't know. Otherwise, I mean, they got Jen Taylor back to do the voice, so she sounds like Cortana. I would argue that her performance in general is good. She is, I think, she is good as Cortana for the most part. Actually, I would say she could be a little more like confident, but I understand that she's like this is like early on, so I think she's, I think it she's works. just been given life. Yeah, I think her characterization is pretty pretty solid maybe it's almost that she she's more reminiscent of um the weapon from halo infinite more so than like cortana but again mm-hmm. it's because she's like early on she's still like learning um 
Whereas in, yeah, like Halo 2 and 3 and stuff, she gets to a point where she's much more, like, confident, I guess. But again, that, it, it, it checks out because she's she's so new. But yeah, I don't know. What, so what do we think about her actual role in the story here? Because I was thinking, I thought maybe I was a little too hasty last week when I was like, this is dumb. Why are they making Cortana, like, evil, this, like, sort of evil agent of, like, brainwashing chief? That seems like a strange direction to take it. And I was like, maybe I was a little hasty in that this is a misdirect and Halsey's just, like, playing both sides against the middle here and it will be revealed that she really does have john's best interest at hearts um mm-hmm. but this episode does not do that at least i mean it could still be coming right but this episode at least she just is there to like take over john's mind eventually right yeah just to like get in yeah just to control everything about him it's that's like what she's about because at one she literally basically just like hey what's going on what, what gives halsey i thought i was just gonna take over this dude why does he mean so difficult you know why, is he why does he think i'm a why does he think i'm a gps i'm supposed to control his whole mind <laughs> yeah why does he think he can give me orders why does he just dismiss me i i'm a real boy i did think it was pretty full on when they're like doing the surgeries and stuff when yeah i didn't, like, I didn't particularly care to watch that either yeah when they like he's like well you have to be awake but this will make you not move oh, and i'm like yeah, that's so like horrific the, the flash clone there the flash clone's just like a sentient like fully aware being clone which is just a clone right like the yeah. whole point of flash clones in halo is that they for whatever reason which again i i've said it i said a couple weeks back either, or last week or the week before but like i think it's weird before. that Okay, it's weird that they can't just do clones because it's Halo, but whatever. But the the whole point is that you, they can't do perfect actual clones. You have to do these Flash clones that die quickly. That's not what was portrayed here. That was just like a fully walk-around clone. So. Yeah, that clone probably lived forever. She, like, doesn't realize she's the clone. She's not, We're on that level of, of uh, sci-fi, right? When she's yeah. like, oh, I forgot I was the clone. I thought you I thought you were the clone, or whatever the fuck's going on. Yeah, like those, um, those brothers from Invincible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, that seems weird. I didn't like looking at the bald Flash clone. She was creepy. But, I mean, I guess that was on purpose. Yeah, it was um, upset. And you're right, I didn't like the surgeries. Nor did I like that good old shot of Master Chief's whole ass. Yeah, he was just <laughs> naked. Digging out the pellet out of his back. That was Probably could have worn pants. Could have just had some briefs on, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. But mostly, I didn't like him digging around in his back with a knife. Yeah, just, ugh. Cortana's she's like, should I help him? He's like, yeah, help him. I don't want to make him seem like you're a spy, Cortana, even though you kind of are for me and yeah, the government. That to me is like, I was like, okay, who is she saying this all for, right? That to me definitely cemented that I think she's just, she just, just does not have John's best interest at heart. And I think there could still be like a heel turn here where Cortana decides on her own to help John instead of Kalsey. Like, I think that could very much still happen. But it, it seems like Halsey is definitively just on the side of the UNSC in this and doesn't really care about the well-being of the Spartans, which, as I said before, it just feels like out of character for her. Right, yeah. Um, but then Very John has the... He, like, fucking sees the colors or whatever for the first time. That's cool. He puts on his uh, colorblind glasses, and he's like, whoa, life whoa. is cool. He puts in those cochlear implants, and he can hear sound. Oh, my God, I heard, I heard my mother's voice for the first time. Oh, I'm oh I heard a baby. I heard futuristic violins, and I saw a dog. <laughs> yeah, I saw some violins or some cellos or whatever the fuck those were. No, basses? What's a, what's a cello? A cello was a smaller bass. Okay, all right. But I was like, yeah, like, what is it? Oh, yeah, he saw a dog. He's like, I had a dog once. I, I, I had a dog once. <laughs> I guess we don't need to do this again because, like, this is what we've been claiming about the whole the whole time. But, like, I don't know why they're going this direction with the story. It just does seem weird. I just can't, can't deny yeah. it, Jack. Why do they feel the need to do it like this? Because iconography and being different. And expectation subversion and such and such and other and it's other. Just, 
it's just so far the opposite end of the spectrum. And like, here's my biggest problem, I guess. Um, I w- we won't get into again the nitty of nitty gritty of like why why this characterization is wet, but like my biggest problem at this point is that it's been like two and a half episodes since we had like a gunfight, and it's like why yeah. this is a Halo show? Like, come on! I'm not saying you can't have themes and and bullshit, and like you need to do your character moments and your like psychological expose. You need to you know you don't need to really take a real Leap, run back to the players, the human soul, and yeah, all that. exactly, exactly. A real takedown on the inner psyche of of what makes Master Chief a man and what are Spartans, blah blah blah. Fuck, I get it, all right. But you have to at least sprinkle in a fair bit of guns. <laughs> What's the last Fire time someone shot a gun? Like, other than that one scene where he, he was assassinating those people on Magico. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, because that's not like a gun fight. That's just executions. And that's not fun, is it? That's not fun for anybody. No. No, not for the guys. No, except for the guy doing the executions. He's usually having. A, he seemed to be having a great time. True. He was having a good time. At that point, that's my biggest complaint more than anything. I mean, I, like, what? Are, what is even is this show for? <laughs> Who's enjoying this? I think it only gets worse with the other plots. How uh, we are still focusing on. Oh, what is her name? Juan. Ka- nope, that's the Spartan. Juan. Juan. I knew I'd get it. <laughs> and she's hanging out on Wild West asteroid planet because oh, you well, know we gotta have one of those in a sci-fi thing we talked about last week. She's like, I gotta go back and become the queen of Madrigal because my dad was king, kind of. Like, what? Yeah. What? Why would his why general like rally weird? behind me and we'll save the planet? Yeah. What? What are we doing? Wheel of Time now? What the fuck is this? It didn't seem like you guys were doing that great before they all died. Yeah. Now you're like gonna what? take the planet back from the UNSC. I guess. Okay. This is this is a thing I will say. Yeah. And this is like an overarching complaint for the whole thing. I think they've made an error here in that, honestly. And you let me know what you think if you disagree. But so far, it seems like the direction they've decided to go with this first season is that the UNSC is not just like a gray area, like which is again, I said before, that is like an enduring theme of Halo. That's kind of a big part of it. Is like there's there's all these shades of gray, and it's like the you know the UNSC are trying to do the right thing, and they have good reasons maybe, but they're you know it's a classic ends justify the means type type shit, right? But in this show, they have like full on, I think, just made the leap of the UNSC is the villain. Are the villains of this season at least? Like, yeah, definitely. In Master Chief storyline and Quan storyline—they are just straight up like the antagonists. And like, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole like gray area of like what is antagonists for you know the hero is not always the antagonist or the protagonist and and vice versa and all. But and this one, it's just like, yeah, are they just going just jumping right into it? Like season one of your Halo show, the UNSC are the villains. Like they are they are opposed to our heroes in in pretty much every meaningful way. Like that's that's such a I don't know. I think that's a strange direction to take it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, it doesn't. It seems like it seems strange. What are they gonna do for season two? Because like we know it's coming. So like, what what's going to happen? Is it are they gonna do like a big moment at the end? Like we always were talking about. Like, well, they gotta fight the covenant together. Mm-hmm. But the UNFC is already fighting the covenant. Like they already want to do that, and they don't really need. I guess like, do they need the other worlds to do it? I, it's 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 unclear. Just I, not, like, I don't think they're conveying the situation of the war very well at all yeah like, because based on the the canon timeline this is like the tail end right the human humanity is on its last legs as is right and i don't think we get a good enough sense of that so it's like okay maybe this timeline's a little different it's not so bad but it feels like it should be otherwise like again the covenant are kind of secondary antagonists this season we don't really care too much what they're up to and maybe that's going to change here but it's like i don't know they they just they've gone too much into like the later see the later games i think storylines where you're dealing with like these 
the forerunner artifacts in a bigger way. You're dealing with, again, the sort of like moral ramifications of all this and stuff. And it's like, I, I really just think for a first season, you should have just had a pretty straight up like humans versus covenant. Yeah. Just leave Master Chief as like a badass hero. Do that in season two because you had a whole season of building him up as like this fearless, you know, weapon of war practically. Like barely, this barely, you know, alive human thing. Yeah. But it doesn't work when we don't get any of that because we've we've pretty much only seen him as like this conflicted man going through a crisis, which is has potential as like an interesting story. But it's just I don't know if it's the first story, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like the second because we only get Master Chief stuff through other people's dialogue. Even Chief says himself that they can't afford to not have him on the battlefield when Halsey's like, we got to put a, a lady in, a lady in your head to call you stud muffin there, Chief. <laughs> And he's like, but I got to go kill the Covenant. I'm so good at it. I'm like the best. And he's like, she's like, yep, we know. That's what I said. And now we're here. So fucking let's do this. Yeah. Like, I just feel like we're not getting enough of that. We're just not getting enough yeah. Covenant. I don't know. We haven't seen a grunt yet. Like, what the fuck? They, they referenced grunts twice. Uh-huh. In the beginning of this episode, they go, the grunts here. I'm like, oh, let's see the grunts. And it was just two elites. And then um, Maria, right? Dr. Halsey's daughter or the... the um. Not, fuck no i can't remember her name because you, you fuck it miranda that's her name miranda i was close miranda she's like yeah the grunts are, aren't aren't are pretty chatty but not over calm it's mm-hmm. like well, can we see one what's a like show me a, a grunt a, he, let me see a jackal i always think about it like through the perspective of someone who hasn't played the halo games obviously i know what a grunt is i've played halo and i know but i know a passing i have a passing knowledge about halo mm-hmm. but if someone didn't they'd be like what the fuck is a grunt <laughs> Like what I'm sure with the word grunt you'd think, but like you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Or you're just being like, Oh, this you yeah, it's it's not handled very well. Again, like it's, said, yeah, right? exactly. It's like who is this show for? Because it's and someone I you know, I've definitely seen people point this out, is that this show really only works by the only way this could possibly work is by appealing to more hardcore fans, right? That has to be its market because they really have not done a good enough job with like marketing and stuff and I, I mean i guess i could be wrong because i think this is like their most popular show ever but i don't think that's saying much for paramount yeah, plus you know but like ultimately and i've, I've definitely said this before like the ship has kind of sailed for halo like it's not it's definitely not at the at the peak of its popularity so like you kind of had to appeal it to do this right they should have appealed to the the fans and in some ways they did with stuff like that like y- you kind of have to have a an ancillary knowledge going in to even understand this but at the same time then they did so many decisions that will like upset actual like long-term fans. And they made so many changes that are not going to be like viewed favorably that it's like, what, what were they thinking? Like, I don't know, man, I just couldn't, I don't know, dude. Actually, I did have one, one thing I enjoyed. Oh, it was with, with Cortana said the thing. Cortana said the line, Jack, do you know what I'm referring to? Which line did she say? She said, uh, at the end of the game, the king and the pawns go back into the same box. Same box. I did hear. I did. I was like, oh, I didn't. I didn't notice. I was like, oh, she's, I, I. That line did sound familiar to me. I was like, is this in the show? But she did say that line. That was good. It's in. It's in the Fall of Reach. The novel is the first time it's used in Halo. It's. I think it's like an like an Italian proverb or something. But and yeah. then in the here's a deep cut for you, Jack. In the journal, the collectible journal that you get in like the Ultimate Edition of Halo Reach, which is like Jesus. an in-universe Halsey's journal. She says in there that like it's a thing that her mother told her. After they lost a game, she beat her in a game once. She was like, Halsey, you need to remember this. And then, I don't know if you remember, but they use it in Forward Unto Dawn. The Commandant says it at one point. I do remember that, that when we watched it. When the end of the game, the King and the Pawn go back in the same box. I don't know how it applies to Halo, really. I don't know what it's supposed yeah. to mean. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun little line. It really makes you think. Well, it basically but means, you- like, 
it's like you know we all go to the same place eventually kind of thing right like yeah, we all die we, everyone dies you go to hell it's, it's just one of that terms like from we came from dust we came and yeah. dust we shall return kind of thing it's which just, makes sense but in the terms of halo it's like, what does what are they trying to get at is is yeah. master chief a pawn or a king i don't know i think well that's the question isn't it yeah i guess so that's maybe question. that is the thing it's it's both sh- isn't he Powers a shadow on the wall and all that. He holds all the point. power, but none of the power. Because he's like the best, but he also is just a pawn of other people. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. But that's cool. Maybe. Or but, maybe then it, not. but you know what the problem with that was, Jack? What? It just made me think of Forward Unto Dawn, which was better. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they, they did the Halo show better. And like, it's so weird, too, because that thing that is Forward Unto Dawn is very much like a fan film. And it has a lot of the trappings of a fan film in that, like, right. most of it, there's not a lot of special effects you don't you don't see the aliens much in that show or that movie whatever you want to call it either right you don't see the aliens much um there's only a little bit of action in like the third act is really it it's it's one of those things where they're just walking around in like civ well not civvies they're wearing like uniforms but they're just wearing clothes like you know it's got these trappings where you can tell it's a low budget kind of thing right but the other side of that is because it's a fan film it was made by people who actually like cared and they really kind of made their i guess they made their their kind of money count there and that like i don't know they it was clearly a, a like a labor of love and it just has a little more soul than this they stuck with the lore they they did they did stuff right i don't know and like because they cared and then this one is just like well i don't know it's like this is the problem with i guess just hollywood is like who who's why did they make this show like was it someone thought like okay i can break into hollywood if i pitch a halo show to them and they'll let me do it and then i can just pivot that to other things you know, is it just a studio who was like, all right, we need to get this off the ground because Halo will sell? Like, I don't But it's yeah. clearly whoever did it was like, eh, we don't really care. <laughs> At least that's yeah, how it feels. Like, eh, don't try. Let's not try too hard, guys. We can't, like, put a ton of effort. We don't really need to actually bother. Crazy. Yeah. We'll be back next week, won't we? Well, I mean, we'll be back every week. I mean, we're, we're starved for that content. I will say, I think this episode primed it. For next episode, there should be some fucking action again. There, there better be. Because Chief and, well, I don't know, maybe. Well, no, because Chief and Halsey are going to, and probably probably Silver Team, right, are going to yeah. that new planet that I can't remember to look for it. And something too. They'll probably two or something. Yeah, they'll probably run into Covenant or something. And then, uh, what is the name? Sauron and is that his name? That doesn't sound right. That's the bad guy. Sauron is the rings. <laughs> Whoever that, the Spartan and Quan are going back to Madrigal to fight the that mustache twirler. <laughs> Yeah, the cartoonishly the guy who's tying uh, Daniels the train. Yeah, tracks. yeah, that guy. Yeah. So I guess they're going to be doing some action. That'll be fun. That's what I want to see out of a Halo show, Jack. Just like two groups of humans shooting at each other with AKs. That'll really feel like Halo to me, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not like futuristic guns, just like AK forty sevens with uh, driving their Chevy Tahoes into it. That'll that'll really get me into it, man. Oh. Are you excited? I'm never not excited for that. Whoa. I, I hope for that in every piece of media I watch. And so far, I've been coming up lacking in most pieces of media. <laughs> Who would have known that your your knight in shining armor would be the Halo show? You'd think, <laughs> man, I, that, it'll never be. There'll be too many spaceships and, you know, blaster no, fights. They, they, they made one for me. <laughs> uh, all right. On that, let's let's pivot away. Well, well, we haven't actually talked about everything. We we've totally forgot about the human covenant lady. Oh, we get her backstory. We do get her lore. I get you want to. I mean, I didn't even care, but I just for a moment, just to address. She's not it. a Spartan. She's she's not a Spartan. Just she was just on a, a horrible garbage planet where they're sorting recyclables, which I and thought that, was funny. That that does that does play into my other thing, where like they're just making the UNSC just evil, evil. Like not even just shades of gray. They're just making them the bad guys because like that was cartoonishly evil too, right? 
Yeah. The whole like, like get back to work, kids. Sort the trash. Search through this garbage, you literal children, or you'll or we'll cut your rations. <laughs> Good grief. You'll be you'll be flogged. <laughs> if you don't produce 20, 20 tons of scrap every day, we'll we'll send you to the stockade. <laughs> it's like, all right, we get it. I got the cat o nine tails on you. I think I get it, guys. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, whatever. And then they find her, and she's an artif- She's the artifact, or whatever. That's yes, that's very good. That's very clever. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Thank you. Bravo, bravo. bravo. I give you a round of applause, but I don't want. And then to. John's dad had an artifact, and he buried it on the ground. He's like, know. "Put that away. Stop drawing. In the ground it goes." It's like, why are they doing this? Why? I don't know. It's it's so. F- it's so funny because we made fun of the whole like the way he is in the books, which is like this is all I ever wanted to do. I'm so glad they kidnapped me and made me a child weapon because I don't even want to live a normal life. This is all I've ever known. This is all I. This is what I was meant for. Thank you, UNSC, for giving me purpose. And that is goofy, but um, in service of the story, it's kind of better because then you don't have to deal with that baggage, do you? If you nope. just have a line where Chief's like, "Actually, I love this. This is all I've ever wanted," then you can just totally be like, "All right, well, if he's cool with it, so am I." <laughs> He's down for it. But in this one, because I don't, I just don't care about this whole, like, Chief's got to find his family or whatever. What's he going to do? Be like, mother, father, it's me. I'm back. And they're like, you're a monster. I, I have, I have the most tenuous of grasps on human interaction, but I've returned to you nonetheless. And they're just like, don't worry. Once I get the rest of my pellets out, I'll be able to taste food. (laughs) (sighs) I just, I don't know, man. Why are they doing this? Why'd they do this to us? And it's getting a second season. Just do the Fall of Reach. If they do the Fall of Reach, I might be pleased. If we get oh, to see all these not- annoying fucking UNSC people just turn to glass, then there might be something to that. And then next season, Chief's just killing Covenant on the ring. Huh? Yeah, but you're you're but that'll make it good, Zach, and we can't have that. No, they're probably gonna next season we just probably pivot away and they're like, All right. <laughs> season finale, Chief like flies off into the sunset to go to the ring and we're like, Yes, they're doing Halo One next game or next season. And then next season, it's like, okay, guys, now we're getting the backstory of Kai. <laughs> no! Now it's Kai's. No! Next to Vanek. Season three is just Vanek. Oh, God. What the fuck's wrong with him, dude? All right, we can take out of that then. Into Michael Bay's newest film, Ambulance, starring, hold on. I got the, I got the names this time. I never have the names, but this time I actually pulled them up. Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Isa Gonzalez. Uh, Yahai Abdul Mateen II. It's got quite a name on him. And I can't find the guy, other guy in the ambulance, but those are our main cast. Not not too bad. No, I would say this is pretty much exactly what it looks like. It's a little long. I think it went a little too long. I At could, the end, I was kind of, I I was kind of checking my watch. I could definitely agree with that. It's like, because it, it was like over two hours. It's like 220 or something. Two, yeah, about two, yeah. About 215, Which, 220. That is pretty long for something like this. I, I reckon you could just this really could just be a quick like ninety somewhere between ninety and, and two hours flat because that's like yeah. this that's like the stereotypical number everyone always used it right that's like the generic movie length mm-hmm. you know a quick ninety and very movies are very rarely actually ninety minutes anymore <laughs> but yeah, they're usually much longer this one could lean a little more towards that than the opposite but otherwise I think it's I think it's fine I think it's exactly what it is it's nothing like spectac- spectacular I think it's very much of the genre. But I think he does it pretty well, and he does it. I would say like it's a little more toned down than you might expect out of a Michael Bay movie. There's only like one explosion and like one minute. Yeah, there's, there's very few like just absolute destruction of property. 
Those are just cars, not like buildings and mm-hmm. cities and such. It's definitely large. You know, it's it's large in that sense. It's it's a big scale. There's a lot of the whole movie's a big car chase with you know tons and tons of cop cars and helicopters and everything. But generally speaking, it's a little more low key, which seems mm-hmm. weird to say because it's not very low key at all. But compared to some of his other no. stuff, it is. So the plot of this movie, we'll, we'll do a quick little plot synopsis for those who haven't seen it. And I guess spoilers if you wanted to worry about spoilers for Ambulance. Uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahal Abdul Mateen II are brothers, and Abdul's character Will, he is a ex-serviceman who needs money for his wife's experimental cancer surgery, and his brother Daniel is a thief, like his father, like their uh, father was, and so he's like, let's do one last job, big score, it'll be fine, and during the job, everything goes wrong, all their other associates are killed, and uh, they escape uh, into an ambulance, but the ambulance is a cop that's been shot. And they have to drive the ambulance away to escape while also keeping this cop alive so they can stay alive and not have killed a cop. Yeah. So it's a bit of on the run. Which is an interesting kind of concept, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's doing something different. It's not just a bank robbery movie. And I, I wanted to say, I want to prove I love a good bank robbery movie. All right. It's honestly one of my favorite genres. I was thinking about it as a, a heist. No, not. See, I think they're distinct. So I think a heist movie is usually a little more whimsical. And it's a little more, mm. like, planned, right? Right, And yeah. I think a heist movie is about the heist, if that makes sense. Like, Ocean's Eleven, right? That's a heist movie, right? Something like... I think even Logan Lucky would, like, lean more towards heist and not, like, robbery. Because I feel like robbery, you need the shootouts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I... And I don't get me wrong, I like them both. I like Ocean's Eleven. I like... I, like, I think, um, you know, like, Catch Me If You Can? No, not that one. Well, that movie's like a sum. Um, the other one, Now You See Me. That's what I was going for. Those are like heist movies, and those are like whimsical. We're doing, we're using magic to heist, right? It's not a shootout. We we sure we shot fifty cops in the street. Yeah. Um, and I like both of them, but I do really like. I, I you know, at times can really enjoy a, a good like robbery movie, like Heat, The Town, mm-hmm. even uh, Hell or High Water, that Taylor Sheridan movie. That's a little more low key, but that's a that's a bunch of bank robberies i just watched wrath of man the first time the other week that's a that's one of guy Ritchie's most recent movies i was pleasantly surprised by that one even t- have you seen 21 bridges no but i know that has chadwick boseman in it yeah that's got like a robbery aspect it's not a bank but it's the same kind of thing you seen den of thieves no i have not you seen baby driver right oh my goodness have you seen drive yes i've seen drive well drive and baby driver are basically the same movie <laughs> so are heat in the town so yeah they're going for you Actually, the the other thing I just watched the other day recently was Dragged Across Concrete. That movie's pretty good, too. I've, I've never even heard of that movie. That's got Mel Gibson and... Fuck. Vince Vaughn. That's who it is. I love these movies. I really... I got I, I own a, a fair handful of those. I think they're really interesting. I think a cool aspect of them is that... Kind of playing both sides, right? The movie is, like... They kind of want you to... And you kind of... I guess you have to decide sort of as a viewer, like, who you're going to really root for. Because they present... You know, and this kind of... I guess this sort of supports what I mentioned earlier about Halo. But, like, they do it better usually in these movies. Which is, like, the mm-hmm. robbers and the cops are kind of both presented in, like, you know, as the heroes, right? Or at least, like, protagonists of their own story kind of thing. Like... Yeah. That's they, what I was yeah. Saying that. Like, you couldn't really say that the robbers are heroes compared to the cops. But they are protagonists in their own in their own right. You yeah, they got their own. They got their own like stories going on. Yeah, and you kind of want them to win, right? You kind of want both sides to win. I think that's always an interesting dynamic. Like, I think Heat. I mean, Heat is like the quintessential like bank robbery movie, right? Mm. And I think it maybe does it best as well in this aspect. Is that like at least for me? I mean, maybe I'd appear different, but up until like the very end, I don't even know who I want to win, right? Like, spoiler for a twenty-three-year-old movie or whatever, but. 
it culminates with a shootout between like the very end is between uh yeah Al Pacino and the other one Robert De Niro Robert De Niro the two of them yeah the two the two good old Italian boys <laughs> and yeah. it, even up through the end I'm like well, who do I want to win this though like they both kind of got good stuff going on again you can't really say Al Pacino's the villain for wanting to catch the murderous thieves but at the same time you kind of want him to get away but I'm like well I don't want I don't want Robert De Niro to kill Al Pacino he that's not that doesn't that wouldn't be a good ending mm-hmm. and this kind of I think this handles it pretty well I would say the ending of this is pretty it's a little too cut and dry maybe it's it's pretty cliche i would say right yeah yeah i, I definitely see that because the like the real like the good guy wins in the end yeah like the, the crazy noble brother thief wins yeah exactly the crazy brother gets killed and then the good brother lives and they exonerate him mostly from his crimes and he gets some of the money anyways <laughs> yeah and it's so like it's kind of wins on all fronts it's, a, it's that's a bit cliche and even with the moment like the with the or the emt what's her name this uh I don't her character. Uh, I don't know her character's name. Cam. Right. Right. When she like runs back and is like, "I'm gonna save this man." It's like, yeah, okay, okay, we get it. And and she also has the like the final moment where she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn to feel again. I've been, you know, I've detached myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna care again." And it's like, all right, this is very even down to like she checks up. She's like, "I'm gonna check the file of that girl to see if she lived." And it's like, I don't know. I feel like a. You know, a better movie, a sharper movie would have like conveyed some of this stuff without just showing it, right? Mm-hmm. Even down to like <laughs> the part where the cops, they're like, "Hey, which brother shot you?" And he's like, "This brother shot me. This one, he saved my life." And you're like, "All right, okay, we get it." In my in my theater, there, I was like one of like I think there was like eight people total, and I was one of them. So me and seven other people in this theater, and there were two people behind me, like to my right or whatever. And that scene where he like. It's like who shot you and he points out the brother before he says he saved my life they went ah oh, really and then he went he saved my life and they went oh okay <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i mean there you go yeah but one thing i thought was weird is when that when cam's like i gotta help him and then the people of the hospital come out like i know he's a criminal but he's bleeding out yeah I, very I, strange i don't think why would procedure. the cops leave them to die in the street yeah I don't like the, well, it was basically presented as like, there was no way they were getting out of there alive. And I'm like, is that really procedure? Like you trying to tell me that Jake Gyllenhaal couldn't, couldn't have gotten out alive if he wanted. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Again, it's, it's very cliche in that way. And it's like, okay, how much is that really going to be worth though? If anything, he's probably still going to catch a lot of flight because they shot the other brother. They need to pin it on this one now, right? He's mm-hmm. the only one they got, right? And so, like, I I feel like the movie wants you to believe, like, all right, he's probably barely going to go to prison. He might just get a couple years. Maybe he'll just get out on 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 like probation. But it's like, no, that guy's got to go to prison for a while, right? Yeah, he did steal. He did steal an ambulance and like run from the police for many hours. How did not run out of gas is my question. I was thinking that same thing. I thought there was going to be a scene where they like address that. I was hoping when they sprayed it, they would also fill it up with diesel just to, just to check that box. But I mean, when you really think about it, it kind of, I mean, but they're pulling off some maneuvers and stuff, right? They're not just cruising either. So yeah. They would go through gas. I don't know. I was almost thinking that too. Like maybe they should have had a scene in the beginning or like right before it happens, they're like at the gas station, like topping off the ambulance. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one one scene I thought was uh very very Michael Bay is right before they do the heist when uh Will and Daniel are in that in the garage and they're arguing and the camera's like low and like at an angle and it's swooping around them and there's so many lens flares and they're yelling at each other. I'm like, this is the beginning of the movie, Michael Bay. 
The movie hasn't really started. Why are you doing like, all of this? It like goes right around now? them multiple times, right? Yeah. It, like circles them as they're like standing there. Arguing, yeah. I actually, I didn't want to say this though. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is good in this. And I think he probably elevates it to the level of like, if it was anyone else, I think this movie would uh, would not be as notable either. And I don't know if that's yeah. because Jake Gyllenhaal is a good actor or because he's crazy. He's Jake Gyllenhaal. And I'm just like, oh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a famous person in this movie. Must be good, right? Because I think our brains do that yeah. sometimes. At least mine does. Maybe I'm just a, a rube, but no, Brian, Brian definitely does that. I feel like that's the time. thing of like, well, this has got a famous guy in it that I recognize, and maybe that's all being an actor is. <laughs> maybe all actors are just pretty much the same, like skill at acting, but some of them get famous, and then we're like, ah, yes, him. That's my guy. <laughs> that's the guy. Well, he's a leading man. So I thought he did like, but I do think the comedy of it pretty well. I mean, I do too. think Jake Gyllenhaal's a good actor. Yeah, he. I think he. I think he plays his guy well. And he is just like crazy, but yeah, he was good. I I thought he was good. Um, what is there's something else? Something else this movie that I can't recall now has escaped me. Yeah, I guess we were just talking about like it is a bit cliche. It is just like a a big like, uh, and then like I feel like they just kept introducing characters. Like he there was like, kind of that. Yeah, he was like, and there's this guy, and there's the leader of the F- uh, the, the forces, and then there's the guy, the FBI agent. Oh, actually, and then there's the lady. Let's talk about that. Car. Was his character not like a little? Was that not a little cringe that they leaned so heavily into like you're young? I looked it up, Jack. I don't. That guy doesn't look bad. Don't get me wrong. No offense to the guy who's playing the FBI agent, but he's 44. Okay, and there was a part where the the uh, the cap the police captain guy is like, "What are you 20?" No, he doesn't look 20 even a little. He does not. He doesn't even. He, he looks maybe 30, but a bad 30, I think. Yeah, I would say mid 30s at best is the best anyone. And again, that's not offensive. The man's 45. That was weird. And the part where he yeah. called the captain boomer. <laughs> twice he he's like don't give me that i fought in vietnam's beach he's like how old do you think i am like what you can't what are you doing the, the weird thing is like you can't do that joke you can't get offended at that after you just called him 20 right like what's that how you gonna be like oh who's this fucking 20 year old idiot and he's like all right grandpa like he's hitting it back a little and then you're like hey what are you hey hey come on there's my feelings what do you think i'm old it's like i don't know you just told the man he was like a child like actually i will yeah. say i really like dogig is that her name the oh the, the lady the, oh, lieutenant who in was the in car. the yeah who was in like the command station she was like the running all the the tech and and the, she's like she's the guy in the chair she's the guy the in the chair she's pretty sweet oh yeah she's fun. I liked her I think their rapport was much better when she was making fun of him for being old and stuff I think that mm. worked they were hitting it back a little more whereas the FBI agent one I just didn't think was very good and then there's that like uh, cartel guy who's like my son has been killed and now yeah. I'm gonna kill you See, like, and I'm like that's the cop out, right? Is that he basically yeah. adds those all those guys in so that like the oh the actual bad guys are these dudes, right? Or these third part, this third party who isn't isn't really associated with our heroes, so they can you know they can blow up the cops with a with a van full of C four and like a, a like El Camino that has machine guns on it, and then it's not our fault, right? Like that's the same kind of thing. It's like he he touches just a little bit on the trappings of this genre which like i said is this moral kind of like ambiguity and like who's who's really in the right and like what are, are they just doing it to get by are they just greedy like what is you know there's all these things and especially because there is the whole cliche like i'm doing it to pay for my my, my baby and my wife's cancer or whatever the fuck <laughs> but yeah that that was kind of lame it's like they're like all right if we just add these horrible like murderous gangsters then we can kill them no problem and they can kill the cops no problem and it's no 
you know, there's no skin off our back. I was shocked when, like, when I, I, I did was surprised when uh he got shot, when Will got shot. Mm-hmm. Cal shoots her. Cam? Shoots him. I don't want to do it. Cal? Cal? What is it? Isn't it? No, Cam. Cam. I'm sorry. I said Cam. I, I, I hope you out here. I, I'm trying here, man. I'm struggling. I'm fighting for my life. I kind of figured that out. Like, obviously, I knew the gun was going to come back into play because it was like, yeah, if they show him putting the gun on the belt and they lay him on top. She just blasted him. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, comes guns blazing. And then when he shoots her, uh, shoots his brother, I was like, oh, interesting. Still murder. Still, uh, still murdered your brother. I might get you on that, though, because you can't just kill people. But that's kind of true, actually. What if, that, what if like, that's what they decided to get him with? <laughs> like, yeah, you killed him. Can't I mean, you really did shoot, shoot your brother. Yeah, you'd shoot him in the back. So kind of. Kind of pat, kind of kinsland, my man. Yeah, that's true. But he was like crazy or whatever. Like he, he definitely did play that up well, though. It's weird. Jake Gyllenhaal is such a weird actor, dude. I never know what makes him like tick. Like what? What? How does he weird make his, his projects? You know? Yeah, I don't. He's like he's in like a prisoners or not prisoners. Um. Oh, he's in that one movie where he's like a he's like a he chase. He's like a cameraman who chases Nightcrawler. stories. Nightcrawler. Yeah, he'll do like That's Nightcrawler, and then he'll do like Spider Man. It's like what? What like, makes it's me Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal? Maybe this is Michael Bay movie, but it's like he's kind of like hamming it up. He's he's chewing some scenery, right? He's being like a crazy, crazy unhinged, guy. unhinged, like switching a dime. Like, whoa, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to point that gun to you. I don't actually like pointing guns at people. It's like I don't know. You, you <laughs> shot lots of people in this movie, I think. So. I don't know. Yeah. Not about all that, Jake Gyllenhaal, but all right. And he's like threatening to murder her, and then he's like, "Sorry, I didn't I mean I didn't want to do that, but you know, just classic crazy movie guy stuff." You yeah, love crazy guy who's just un- clearly unhinged and will just do unspeakable things. This is fun. I'm just reading it on the Wikipedia here. This says that they filmed it in only 38 days, which is pretty pretty quick for a shoot. Yeah, that's like that's hardly a month. Yeah, especially for a uh, something like this, a big action kind of thing. It says he. Shot 90 to 120 shots a day. Most movies are about 20 to 30 shots a day. Oh, this is a direct quote. He says, that's a lot of shots. Most movies are 20 to 30 shots a day. But you know, I was there with a the camera. I'm a director who doesn't have a video village. I don't have a director's chair. I don't have a trailer. I'm right there with the actors and we work fast. That's a very Michael Bay quote, isn't it? Yeah. That's re- that kind of reminds me of um, Quentin Tarantino kind of quote. Or not really, when he's talking about making a movie, he's like, just be there. Because they're performing for you like don't don't be like don't sit in like your weird video hut and watch everything on a monitor just be like at the camera while doing it because they're performing for you and you're making a movie don't like it takes forever to make a movie don't like just blow it by and michael bay's like i'm gonna make all the movies make it so fast and good on him for that no yeah. God God bless, I mean, it's good on you, God bless. michael bay is like a punchline in like cinema cinema and like artsy fartsy people who we often we bemoan as much as the like Horrible, low-grade stuff. We're right in the middle. We're real fence-sitters when it comes to stuff like this, Jack. If our show had another tagline, it'd be, come see the spineless moderates, because that's, <laughs> that's kind of right where we sit. We're a couple of spineless moderates. We, we're like, we like Marvel, <laughs> but we don't like it that much, and we like we like most art movies, but the Green Knight was a bit too confusing for our taste. We're, we're right in middle America. Milk we're toast, real. white we're bread, just, middle America. We lack almost any conviction, and that's what makes us so relatable, isn't it? Like I said in um, in a couple of last, uh, I don't know, whatever episode I said it, if you stand for nothing, and you're always sitting, you're rested. Feet you're well-rested. You're well-rested. I mean, right? that's, and that's just that. good. And that's good. Also, you just gotta relax. This movie only costs $40 million. That's pretty. That's a pretty good output for $30 million, Or $40 oh, million, yeah. I would say, right? Shit, that's two episodes of Halo. And <laughs> the first three episodes of Halo, dude, I don't think we're as much, we're not as good of an output as this movie. 
No. We read a quote from him I, before we, we started recording. He said something like, oh, Michael Bay has said in the past, like, oh, I, I make movies for, like, teenage boys, like, sue me. And you know what? Good on him. Like, he, if he wants to make just, like, popcorn action movies, good on him. And this yeah, one is a good, good one. Some of his yeah, other ones I, are just bad in all counts, but this one is good and good for him. A little long, but little that's long. not the worst. Just a little, little bit of fat that could have been trimmed, but other than that, pretty good. Mm, for sure. So probably can't I can take out of that. That's right. Into our good sex. So if you see Lonus listeners, we've put two things we didn't have glowing reviews about in the front of the show. In the back half, we got some great stuff. We're just building the Moon Knight episode two, which I think was really good was and did an interesting solid. thing I didn't expect with the Moon Knight suit. With the Mr. Night suit, I yeah. guess specifically. I didn't know like him either. I saw before I watched it because this is the internet now. <laughs> um before I watched it, I did see someone like complain or mention or whatever, you know, like, oh, they did they changed Mr. Knight for the show. And I was like, Oh boy, am I gonna be am I gonna have to get heated? But uh, seeing it in the show, I don't I didn't mind. Personally, I don't see the issues with it. Mm-hmm. They went a slightly so, different direction, but this you know, we knew that from the first episode that they were going a slightly different direction. So So this has so this episode starts with him waking up again right he wakes up yeah he wakes up like oh was that also just a dream where i beat up that jackal in the bathroom yeah it wasn't a vampire i guess we know for sure it wasn't a weird vampire so probably not played yet rats and then he goes and he says a lot of british things to the security guard they do they have a very British conversation don't they yeah i'm like man this is like another language to me and then it's like yeah and they fire him he gets fired and he's like, yeah. And then they, and his uh, boss is like, go get help. You know, you're gonna need it. And then he, what else? He finds the storage locker. Yeah, uh, with he the key. His, That's what the main. Yeah, he seeks out a storage locker that the key goes to. And then he talks to Mark directly, which was interesting. Yeah, he talks to Mark again. They have a bit of a convo. So, what do you think? Yeah. I, that's weird. This episode definitely gave us a lot more answers, and I think it did what I said I was hoping for, which is. They've more or less resolved the whole like mystery, right? So Steven is pretty pretty fully aware at this point what the score is, right? We don't have the mm-hmm. full details, we don't have the backstory, but Steven's like, okay, I get it. There's you know, marks in my head, conchu, all that stuff, right? He is he's at least aware now. Which I think is yeah, good. he knows what Yeah. Because I don't because I can't you can't you can't keep going like especially because we we have only have six episodes, you can't have like a third of the show be him being like, What's going exactly. on with me? It's good. It's got to be like snappy, like first episode doesn't know, but then he figures it out. And I think having the first half of this episode still be a little bit, it was good. I think that was fine. But yeah, they kind of resolved it, which is good. But so what, where do we think he came from? That's still, that's still a question for the viewers and for, well, I guess most for the viewers, I guess they know, but what is the deal with that? Like, who is he? I don't know. Cause Marx has a line, which I thought was interesting where it's like, before we could always keep a pretty good wall between us mm-hmm. and which is so weird because Mark knows about it. Like he's like, we always were separate. So that means Mark always has known at least, which I assume based on how way I interpret it is that this was before Conchu or right when Conchu started to be in his head. And recently it's been acting all screwy yeah. and not like holding as well as it should, but that like Steven doesn't know about, he Steven just thinks he's Steven mm-hmm. Grant, but Mark knows that he's Mark and also Steven and he can switch in and out. He knows that he can give up control and take it back just as easily, but Steven can't. He's just at the mercy of whatever Mark and Conchie want. Basically, whatever Conchie wants. Yeah. Which... Well, no, I think they both have to be willing to trade off. Oh, I guess that's true. Like, Mark can't take it without Steven letting in. Or he has to go to sleep. Yeah, I guess when he goes to sleep, he can seize then. But yeah, I, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, I guess 
do you think they could literally just be going the route of it's going to be revealed that he's literally that like Mark Spector slash I think I guess Mark I I gotta believe Mark is the primary like identity yeah, right so I would, I would think so is the explanation literally just going to be that like independent of all the Conchu stuff and all of that he just has what it, what is the disassociative identity disorder like he just has mm-hmm. that is that really the route they're going to go because I would not be pleased with that. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm just a guy who has this mental illness and also happened to do all this other stuff. Like, that's that's weird, especially because, like we, like I said last week, this is such a, like, Hollywood fair. This is not how, you know, this this mental illness, which we've said multiple times now, is like, it's like a controversial diagnosis to begin with, if it even, like, exists. But this is mm-hmm. definitely not how it is. And, like, it'd be weird if that's the route they just went. Of Like, yeah, he's just got, he just does, he, this is just a quirk to him. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it might be that way because of another line i don't remember i don't remember if mark says it or uh, arthur says it haro when he's like did Kanchu break your mind or was your mind already broken and that's why Kanchu chose you because he could just manipulate you easier because you already don't know what's going on mm-hmm. so i think i mean i guess that the reason the, the two options give it credence but it's very likely that i could do exactly what you said where it's like yeah Kanchu just before Kanchu even like stroke pulled up it was just like this, and he just has this Hollywood. I'm a mercenary, but also I'm a British man. That's so weird. Thing. Like that's just such, such a bridge far, right? Yeah. Even like, I, I, th- I would even say honestly, crazy as it sounds, I think like Fight Club is a more realistic, not realistic, but I don't know. It's more believable, I should say. That's what I'll go with version of it. Where like they're kind of two halves of the same personality, oh. almost, right? But this is yeah. just two fully formed like individuals. Like, why is he? He's literally British, right? Like that doesn't. That doesn't compute, right? He he can speak French. Like, they are totally distinct. And last yeah. week, I was like, okay, it kind of feels like Stephen Grant is not a real, fully formed person. And there isn't a ton in this episode that really shifts my perception on that, other than, like, the speaking French thing and all. But it's like, he, he is distinct and has his own, like, knowledge and, and interest and stuff, which is, mm-hmm. which is weird. It's hard to, like, rationalize. And I... Last week, I floated the theory of, like, maybe this is a person that they hijacked the body of, right? Yeah. But, like I said last week, part of that was that was a little fuzzy is this idea that, like, Stephen Grant does not seem to have a real life or be a real person, right? That kind of, you know, is, mm-hmm. is lacking. Because it's like, if he was real and they just took his body, why doesn't his mom ever call him back and, and stuff, right? But... I guess the other big side of that is that Layla recognizes him as Mark Spector. So if this was a new person whose body they stole, he would he wouldn't look like he should. Yeah. And another thing to go along with that, I was gonna mention something about that too, is that she doesn't know about like the switch that happens. She's like, Mark, what are you doing? Oh, that's a very good point. Stop talking. She's like, he's like, I'm not Mark. I'm Steven. And Mark's like, Steven, don't blow this for me. Like, don't do anything. Just get her out of the house. Like, just stop talking to her. So if he had this for like his whole life kind of thing. She he, should she would recognize it. No, it yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess it's not that. I guess it it's got to be some kind of side effect or related to his powers. I would guess. I, I that's the only thing I can think of, unless something else is introduced. Could it even be like, what if Stephen is like, what if Steve, could they do it that Stephen was just someone who happened to look like him, whose body they took? Do you think they would do that? I, that's a bit. That's. that's I, I think that's too, a bridge but. too far. Because he has, he's already got that passport. That's true. Which I, that's true. I assume he's had that passport for a while because he was born in America. He is an American. I mean, it definitely. I definitely think that. Yeah, Mark is the primary one. Mark has the actual ties. Like ultimately, Stephen does not have any ties to life, 
right? Yeah. He lives in an apartment that isn't his, that he believes his mother. He calls his mother every day who doesn't answer. He's been fired from his job now, right? The people at his job barely know him. <laughs> they don't even know his goddamn name. Like, he is like half of a person, basically. Yeah. He's got all the, he's got all like, he's just, he's just, he, he, he like exists in a vacuum mm-hmm. almost. Like, he's got a personality and interests and motives, but no, no context to pull from. Yeah. Like, nothing to be like, this is why I do this. It's just like, I can do it. And that's kind of how it is. I mean, maybe he is just like an identity, like a secret sort of different identity that Mark used that like as a result of the weird magics and stuff, like form fully formed as a as a new like person. I guess it could be something something like that. Almost. I don't know. That makes sense. I'm interested to see where they go with it, I guess. But I, you know, that that side of the sort of mystery is still still going. So that'll be interesting to see play out. But the rest of it we start to get a little more of. So like you like you alluded to earlier. Um, they go and and he's like Ethan Hawke's trying to trying to bring him over to their side and like hey maybe you should just give it to us maybe um it's not that bad at all but then maybe it's pretty cool maybe Conch is a bit of a cringe lord Conch is pretty lame isn't he what did he tell you joined the crocodile lady not the weird bird head man screw that guy am I right but then luckily Steven sees through that pretty quickly of like wait a minute you're trying to punish people before they do bad things that's not cool you're doing a minority report you're doing a minority report <laughs> hey are you guys doing a Winter Soldier here. Are you guys doing a project inside? I don't I don't care for that. It's like you're just gonna kill kids. He's like, I don't I'm not big on killing kids, fellas. <laughs> He's like, maybe that's just me. I mean maybe that's just me. But I mean maybe y'all are, are like well on board for it, but I'm I don't think that's the route I want to go with things. Yeah, I think I'm gonna avoid that. Thanks. I thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Down. Gonna have to decline very very graciously, mind you. Very graciously. But I'm gonna have to decline nonetheless. Yeah, I I thought it was uh very weird when uh, they're walking through that like his little neighborhood and all people are just watching videos of just animals i'm like what is, what are they doing why are they, what's with the, what's with those videos <laughs> what are those meant to do yeah they're where their little like cult community that they have yeah yeah that is kind of it is a little weird so i thought i mean there is some interesting like stuff to that i, I thought it was kind of neat when arthur there is like yeah like we just have this going and like i really turned it around and we're actually living in like a nice little commune here and people like they don't no one really notices not because we're like going our way to hide it but just because people don't want us like they don't expect to see it and so they just don't right they just yeah there's there's nothing bad to see they have us in this little box of like well that's a rough part of town that's that's dangerous there but but it's all rough and but it's like no they turn around, but no one really even notices just because people are so caught up in their own expectations, which, I mean, that's interesting, right? It's yeah. a neat little angle to go with. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're they're feeling very, like, I don't know, it's just culty, right? <laughs> like, kind of yeah, weird absolutely. because, it's like, it's not inherently bad, this whole idea of, like, let's live together and have a nice little commune, but that's just, at this point, kind of synonymous with being a culty, right? <laughs> what does that say about yeah. us, Jack, really? What does that say about society? Probably nothing good, I'd say. But Nothing you know, good. Come on, they're weird. They should be like us. They should, be, they should conform that's what i think <laughs> but no and then they set they stick another jackal on him and but it's invisible and he whips out the uh well i think the first one was invisible too that's why they couldn't see him yeah they're all yeah, they're, they're all invisible. invisible oh my goodness jack hold up sorry what I'm the handbrake turn here real quick i just looked at moon knight because i was bringing up the second episode to uh just get the synopsis in case i forgot anything and i saw it right here on the cast there's a guy they cast bushman he is in it. So he's in it. Bushman. Yeah, Bushman. Loic. Oh shit. Mabanza. I don't. I don't know that guy. But he. This, this maybe we'll cut off his own. Maybe maybe we'll cut off his face. I'm hoping third episode. Now that we're in Egypt, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little, but I think third episode with him in it 
now that they're back in Egypt, we're going to get current stuff in Egypt, and we'll get the Egypt flashback. Oh, I, I, I certainly agree. That was my, my prediction as well. Um, but so, they sick the jackal on him, but he doesn't want to give it over to Mark, because he doesn't like hurting people and stuff. He's like, he's not, he's a nice fella, and he doesn't want to. And so he's like, alright, I'll bring up a suit. I'll do it myself. And he brings up the wrong suit. He brings up the Mr. Knight nice suit. three-piece literal suit. The Mr. Knight outfit, and he's like, Moon Knight, more like Drip Knight, am I right, fellas? Oh my goodness. He's absolutely, he's absolutely dripping on them all. They're drowning around he's him. Got the, he's got those, like, batons. Yeah, and he whips out a couple of little, uh, Eskrima stick type, type deals, like Daredevil would rock, I guess. And he uses them to not, not great effect. No, <laughs> but he's good. It, fubbly, but he, it, he, he yeah. gets it a good one, doesn't he? Yeah, and I also noticed that the, uh, I assume this is true for Mark's suit as well, that it augments his abilities. Well, it's because true, it, right? Because he really punches yeah, the shit out of it. Yeah, he and when, he, when he crushes that bumper with his hand, he's got like super strength, yeah. and he's got obviously durability, mm-hmm. which obviously he doesn't have in the comics. Which I think is a th- similar thing we said to Shang Chi, where like all the low level heroes, they're gonna kind of tweak them a little bit, like give them a little bit of something, something, because true. they're not just like Hawkeye is one thing, but like Moon Knight has kind of mystical connections, so you kind of were like, well. It's not. Uh, it's not ridiculous that the guy possessed by a god is going to have enhanced abilities because it's magic and there's no rules. Power him up. Yeah, power him up a little bit. That's good though. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. I liked when he switched to Mark and he's run th- and he's run to the roof and he's like, oh, "I'm Batman." And he's flying yeah, across. He's Batman stuff, he, doesn't he? See, he's kind of Batman, isn't he? He's always been kind of Batman. Exactly. And then he kills that jackal by stabbing it through a pointy thing. And I'm like, well, that was brutal. <laughs> that was that was a pretty... See, they've already left England, but I thought maybe they were going to do something there when he was, like, running through the city and he was, like, trying to get it to somewhere. And maybe, do we... I don't... What did, what did he crush him on? What specifically was that? Maybe that is... Yeah, it was some kind of... I don't know what... It was in some kind of, like, amphitheater. Because he's standing on a stage when he's talking to Steven through the mirror. It's some kind of, like, monument something or another. But I thought they were going to lean into... We we mentioned it last week. Bring it up again. The King Chronicles, right? They lean into this in that there's a lot of basically stolen Egyptian, like, monuments and artifacts and stuff in London, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to draw on some kind of connection there of, like, I got to get them to the obelisk. But they they didn't really specifically do that. Unless... I'm, I'll try to find it while we're talking here, but maybe that was a Obelisk some kind, kind of Egyptian artifact or something. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't specifically say. But yeah, um, and then they have a convo. Him and him and Kanchu really really break it down. They they have a heart to heart there. Well, him and Stephen have one too. That's true. Him and Stephen first. Yeah, that's right. And Stephen's Stephen's not not very pleased. He's like, this is awful. I don't like this half existence. I I would like to not do this anymore, please. He's like, ah, too bad, buddy. It's I'm not fair. letting go. But then it makes you think. Makes you wonder a little bit. It's like, well, you were doing that to him before, you know? It was probably upsetting for him, too. Yeah. And then he goes in the whole, like, I'm going to do everything I can to stop you. It's like, brother, you really got to chill with this. Come on. You got you to gotta fight the jackal monsters. Like, I get like, oh, I don't want to hurt people, but, like, come on. There's someone in jackal monsters, fellow, and a big crocodile lady's going to come. come. Surely you can beat up the jackal monsters, at least. Like, <laughs> just a, be a pal. Be a sport about it. Right? But whatever. And then he's like, nah, you're stuck in there. I'm not letting you back out. And I feel like that's probably going to be the status quo for while i guess unless they go back to sleep again though it yeah. seems like when he when mark goes to sleep too often uh steven can regain control it you know kind of goes both ways and then again last episode there was that stretch where he was he lost like three days because mark took over so i guess there's no telling really um yeah but yeah and then he and then they have a co- they have a combo with well in that one he's like hey you gotta leave my wife out of it because Kanshu wants my wife to be the next avatar and i don't want i don't want her dragged into this 
And then when Heyman Contra have a combo, he basically says exactly that. He like threatens him with like, I'm going to make your wife my avatar, you dick. Yeah, you're awful. I'm about to skip you out. You'll be left all alone. Which I feel like Mark Spector is more useful than Layla as an avatar. Maybe that's just me. I mean, good honor. Well, I, mean, competent. I think the thing is that Mark is not controlling Steven. That's true. And we, because in the first episode, he's like, Mark, what are you doing? Why is he in control? Take control, Mark. Like, we got to do something. And I think that's why he's like, mm, I think I'm going to switch out to someone who doesn't have two people in their head. That's a good point. I guess having like a chick who's in control all the time, but is, you know, is only like, you know, she's, she's less useful, like skills wise, but she, at least, you know, she's like a known quantity compared to Mark Spector, who is. It's also Stephen Grant. Like, yeah, he can't even, half the time he's not even there. That makes sense. That definitely checks out. Also, we forgot to mention that Arthur reveals that he was the previous avatar oh, yeah. of Kanchu before he became an avatar of oh, um, Amit? Amit. Amit. Because he was like <laughs> punishing people after they did their crimes. That's weak sauce. You gotta get him. I'm, I'm, I'm all that pre-crime, baby. <laughs> I'm all about the the precognition of of killing old women before they even do anything wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm and, about. Woo! Ooh, I did like when he was uh like talking shit about Kanchu. He's like, "Is Kanchu here? Is he saying all this stuff?" And I'm like, "How did he know that?" And then it explains immediately. I did yeah, that moment. I was yeah. watching my friend, and when he's saying it. And I was, my friend was like, well, I wonder how he knows that. I'm like, maybe he wasn't uh, like an avatar of Kanchu. And then right after I finished that sentence, he goes, I was the old avatar of Kanchu. And I was like, yeah. I could have just watched the show and waited. <laughs> it would have explained it to me. There you go. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, like, he like, so makes fun of uh, Kanchu. He's like, oh, he wants to wage a one man or a one god war on whatever he says. Crime. Waging a one god war on perceived injustices. And the other gods are like, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what, an absolute, what an absolute loser. Get him out of here. They boot him out. They kicked him out of the God Club because he wasn't cool enough. What do you think? Do you think there's any potential in this show that they go the route that, like, maybe Kanchu is just another personality? I feel like they can't because they've just kind of fully committed to, like, the Egyptian stuff's real because of, like, the Jackal and the Scarab and the other God thing. Yeah, no, not especially not with Arthur Hall being like, I was an Avatar. Yeah, I feel like, and, and and like I'm going to switch. Yeah, they probably did. They probably blew their... Uh, their shot on that one. I mean, they. Not, it it's not a bad thing. It's just interesting. I think. I think contributing something else would make more sense because if it's another personality, where does the suit come from? That's true. I mean, but that's How the whole he, thing. He's just rich. That's like the. That's like the comic version of like maybe he's just got a bunch of gadgets and shit, and he's just doing it for fun, and he thinks there's a god telling him to do it. But right. you know, it's just in it. But you're right. In this in this context, it doesn't really work as well, does it? No. Especially because it is like a magic appearing suit. It's not just a thing he puts on. I guess yeah, it's, it's like a symbol and it changes based on who is in control. Yeah, so you're right. They couldn't really go there. I guess let's, let's talk a little bit more about Layla though. Just real quick. Cause trying to divorce her. Yeah. So they're married, which I would think was kind of expected. So I did a little bit of reading after last week and she is basically the same character as fuck. What I say her name was his, his girlfriend from the comics. She's just, they just changed it to make her actually be Egyptian, which I think is a, is a good, cool and good change. I don't see why not. Right? Yeah. You may as well make the archaeologist who was like digging in Egypt actually Egyptian. Yeah, so it, it really it, it gets away from that whole like British people people came in and yeah. just stole everything. <laughs> just doing a whole bunch of colonizing, right? Yeah. So that's I do think that's a good a change for the better. So but otherwise she is mostly the same character. And yeah, they're but they are married already, which is kind of an interesting change. But I would say they gotta still they still probably met at in the same under the same circumstances, right? And we get a little bit more of that where those cops who get Steven, they tell him that Mark Spector is wanted because he executed an archaeologist on a dig site, right? 
mm-hmm. which on paper checks out, but I think it's, you know, they're probably really doing the exact scenario pretty much from the comics where um, Bushman wanted to do that and Mark didn't and they kill him and they leave him for dead. And that's why, because we also get that in this episode that Kanshu tells him like, hey, when I found you, you were just a corpse kind of thing, right? I think mm. it all. I think it's all feeding in, and I, I do think next episode we might see that more that that play out more completely. And that the, he was the you know they were guarding this dig site, and then you know they found something valuable, and the the other guys he was with went went a little crazy. And Frenchie will probably be there too. Ah, Frenchie. What if Frenchie's killed though? That would be upsetting if they introduced Frenchie and then he gunned down alongside him. That would be no good. I I wouldn't personally care for that very much. Do you think they'll do the Frenchie's in love with him plot? I didn't know that was a plot. Yeah. In the comics, Frenchie's in love with him. It's like why he sticks around. How much older is he than Moon Knight? Isn't he like same old age. enough? I was about the same age. I don't know if he was like older. Most, maybe a little older, but I would say for the most part, they're peers. He's not strictly <laughs> like Alfred in that sense. Oh, okay. I didn't know how much of Alfred he carries over. It's more just that he's like a foreign butler, <laughs> man in the chair kind of scenario. But he is, I think they're mostly the same age-ish. They're, I mean, they're both working as um, dudes together. Mercenaries together, so they can't be. Can't be like an old fart or anything. Yeah, yeah. I doubt they'll do that plowing either. That'd be a lot throwing your first season, huh? Yeah, definitely. Your best friends like secretly in love with you, kind of thing. And and your wife's divorcing, you'd be a lot at once. That's true. Especially, and the god in your head is gonna break up with you and take your new ex-wife. That's right. It's it's a lot at once. It's a good point. Clearly, though, that's like a whole. I'm gonna break up with you to like protect you, kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what's going on there. We all see it. You aren't slick. It's always that. It's always like I gotta protect you, and then it never like. Watch a movie there, Mark Spector. It never works. No, it doesn't, does it? An interesting thing, and like a meta thing about Moon Knight, I don't know if you've seen stuff about this, but Oscar Isaac apparently is only signed on to do Moon Knight. He's under no contractual obligations to do anything else in the MCU if he doesn't, like, after this. Hmm. But the the act, the director of uh, Moon Knight was asked about this, and he was like, nah, probably gonna be fine, though. He'll probably come back. <laughs> be kind of dumb to not keep doing Marvel stuff and not make a bunch of money. <laughs> they didn't I say mean, like that, but he was like, He's got to be Oscar like Moon Knight. I think he said like Oscar's Oscar's a big fan of Moon Knight. He'll probably show up again. I don't know why he wouldn't. He's a good character. I'll Maybe see. he won't do another show, but he'll probably be in something. He'll probably be in Werewolf by Night or that Halloween one. Not Werewolf by Night. That's a comic he's in. The Halloween special, maybe with Blade. Yeah, he'll probably be in, in Midnight Suns and stuff, too. That yeah. they're definitely making that we called. They're Give me right here. Uh, Feige said that some of these series, including Moon Knight and She-Hulk, were being developed with the potential to have additional seasons made in contrast to WandaVision, which were and other series like WandaVision, which were limited events that led into feature films instead. But a year later, Isaac referred to Moon Knight as a limited series. And um, Diab, who is the showrunner, said he was unsure whether the series would continue. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I could kind of see that, right? They don't do another season of the show, um, but they he spins off another thing. And that's kind of the beauty of the MCU, isn't it? Go both ways, yeah. back and forth, and everything. So I have faith that they're gonna. I'd be surprised if they just drop him. If <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what, I don't want it. Just Star Wars money for me, please. Thank you. Especially if he likes him, and he's have. It seems like he's having fun. I mean, he goes all out. He's really giving it. I mean, he's 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 trying. I would say for this, he's not he's not just phoning it in. I would. Say. Yeah. Between you know doing the accents and everything, like I think that some of that stuff was like at his own like insistence or like that was stuff he wanted to do. So he seems invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like yeah. I definitely. That's why. That's the sense I get as well. There we go. So, do we got anything else to say specifically about this week? Um, no. Nothing that we've I'm hoping. I, I want to see it, Jack. I want to see a gritty man shot in the in the Egypt desert. Is that too much to ask for? I mean, for a Disney Plus show, perhaps. We'll just see like 
you know, pre-Moon Knight. He's just wearing, like, I don't know. He's just got mercenary gear on. He's just got a gun. All about it, right? Wouldn't that be yeah, we, go, we go from watching Moon Knight shoot a AK-47 to then Halo shoot an AK-47. Just have AKs. It'll just be AKs yeah. all the way down. Oh, it'll be beautiful. Halo properties with AKs. Marvel properties with AKs. Just AKs. Who cares? It's the Who even, AK. Why even try when we can just use an AK? That's right. I'm excited. I'm glad. It's definitely continuing. I don't. I don't think this was a step down in any any respect. It's, it's keeping its momentum going, and it also is keeping that thing we said last week, which is like it's its own thing, right? It is not feeling the need at all. It seems to go out of its way to connect to the MCU, which I think is yeah. a strength. This is like, yeah. I definitely think yeah. It, it just on its own. I think I'm, I'm probably gonna say this is out of the next three. This one, Miss Marvel and She Hulk. It'll probably be the only one to really do that. It's gotta be. Based on on the trailer and based on the rumors that Charlie Cox will appear in She-Hulk as lawyer man Matt Murdock. Right. Well, and Hulk is in that movie. And Hulk, yeah, of course. I I don't know why I went immediately to Charlie Cox when I could have just gone to the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah, this is, and especially, you know, as MCU goes on and on and, you know, we're in phase four now, this is becoming increasingly rare, right? truly standalone properties that you can you can enter on so i think that's a good thing and i think he's a good character for it because he is kind of self-contained you know like i like i said d tier kind of character anyways so good on him glad they're doing good i'm excited i'm i'm having a good time with it they're doing my boy right so far i'd say that's good but they're still still got two-thirds of the show left they could do something horribly they wrong could really just fumble the bag at some point for sure maybe that's why he's not coming back what if they do kill him and then it's just Layla is the Moon Knight now. That'd be wild. That would be wild. All right, Jack. Let's act attack into our uh, the other movie we saw this week. Everything, everywhere, all at once. An A twenty four film starring. I didn't like this one up. I'll look it up. Hold on. You got Michelle Yeoh. Hmm. Michelle Yeoh, right? I think so, but I'm looking up right now and make sure I get the name right. I mean, she's yep. Michelle Yeoh, Kihu Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong is there. He's great. James Hong. I mean, he's a he's a classic. And then there's and then those are like the main characters. Yeah. And then there's like Jenny Slate and like all the other supporting actors. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a theater theatrics. So I want to see this. Go ahead. Start us off with theater theatrics, James. We haven't, we haven't done this in a while because there hasn't been too many theatrics. But when I went to see the movie, I like went to a theater, and this theater was kind of fancy, where they like deliver you food and stuff. Like they'll like you can order food online, and they'll bring it to your seat in the theater. We've got like pizza. It's it's a pretty big deal. And I guess whoever, the guy working there who was delivering you food before the movie started kept asking people if they had seen the Goonies because the actor who plays the husband, uh, I just said his name, Ki Hu Kwan, was in the Goonies. He was one of the. He was a kid, obviously, when he was in the Goonies, but he did it. But he kept asking everyone, like every single person, to be like, "Sir, have you seen the Goonies?" And they'd say, "What?" And be like, "Well, the husband was in the Goonies." And it got to the point where he'd asked so many people that every time he said it, and he would say it loud enough that the whole theater could hear him, uh, everyone would just laugh. <laughs> like, he said it once, and, like, the people behind me and the people next to me just, like, would laugh and just, like, make comments to, them, to each other about it. I was like, I want to be like, stop asking. <laughs> Did he ask stop. you? No, he didn't ask me. I ignored anything. Oh, man. What would you have told him? I would have said, yes. <laughs> have you? I've seen the Goonies. I've seen the Goonies. Okay. Are you lying? I didn't love it, but. I'm not lying. Yeah, I saw it on a bus on the way to a swim meet. Okay. All right. I swear, I, hand over heart. Scout's honor. Okay. No, that's that's binding. So I'll give you that. I would never lie. As an Eagle Scout, I a scout is honest, as our as our good friend Celery Salt would say. That's right. Well, there you go. That is that's a good story, Jack. That's a fun theater theatrics. 
And also the guys next to me definitely were high before they went there because every so often I'd get a whiff of weed from them. I'd be like, oh, just a, God. Just a good bit of stank off of those. I really wanted to be like, could you not? Did you have to smoke that much weed, buddy? I can fucking feel it in my throat. <laughs> did you guys go stand in front of a fan or something for a minute or two? Goodness. Did you guys leave and not talk to me? Go air yourselves out real quick. But what I didn't expect is that this my theater was almost full when I went. Really? Like it was a packed theater. Mine were not. I saw both of the movies this week, actually, on like midday Friday. So, you know, that's not conducive to big crowds. I saw both of mine at night. I saw this movie on Thursday night and Ambulance on Friday night. And both of them, that first one, uh, this one was full. And Ambulance was me and eight, seven other people. So, huh. kind of what you get. Yeah. I mean, this movie's getting glowing reviews, right? So, it kind of makes sense. There's a lot of good word of mouth going around about it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, Jack, just before we get started, I don't want to delve too much into specifics or spoilers or anything because I think this movie, well, I'll just say this right off the bat. I think this movie is incredible. I thought this movie was really, really good. And I think people should have a chance to see it. And I don't think we're going to provide that much incredible commentary necessarily. Maybe we'll talk about it down the line a little bit. We'll probably, we'll probably get back to it when we do our in next New Year's. Yeah, we'll actually sure. talk about it then. So I don't, I don't want to get into spoilers because of that reason, but I just want to say. It's definitely, it's really good, and it's worth seeing for sure. So if you need anything else, that's enough. If you take, if you'll take our word for it, if you trust stuff to give good movie recommendations, then you can just tune out from here on, pretty much. You just go. I mean, as always, just keep playing the episode because yeah. we're gonna talk for a little bit longer. But you know, you can put just us on mute. Put on mute. Go get yourself yeah. some tickets. Drive on down to the theater. But yeah. I would, cause I don't. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get into a little more. But I wouldn't want to like spoil the whole thing. I wouldn't want. Yeah, definitely not spoil anything. I wouldn't want to like dull anyone's experience of it. But. Yeah. What, which, I agree. I thought this movie was pretty fantastic. I would I was, say very funny too. Yeah, it was, it, it was. There's a good bit of comedy in there. I was so I was thinking after I saw it, I was like, that's got to be. Well, I would say it's easily the best movie we've seen this year so far. And oh, absolutely. there's some good movies in there too. At first, I was like, well, I guess it's only it's only April. We haven't seen a ton, but we have seen a handful of movies, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw Death on the Nile and Batman. I mean, we saw we saw The Kingsman and uh, what's it called? What's that story this year? Those both came out last year, but. We did see him for the first time mm-hmm. this year, but you know, we've seen a handful of films. It's definitely the best one. But then I really got thinking, I was like, I don't know, this might be the best movie I've seen in like, as in, you know, new movies, right? Mm-hmm. This might be the best new movie I've seen in a couple years, like three or four. I was trying to think of like, last time I was really this ecstatic about a film and it was probably like, I don't know, Endgame or something, but that's almost in a wholly different kind of class, right? Yeah. I would say like for non-Marvel movies, mm-hmm. like I would say Infinity War and Endgame and Spider-Man and all those, like that was crazy but like for like a non-superhero comic book movie like going in not knowing anything about it i'd say it's ranks up there probably this movie knives out the lighthouse that's a good one knives out's a, a good pick in that what's another category? one yeah arrival arrival is another one that i really really liked seeing it that's those are those are definitely good picks but yeah it's 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 way up there knives out's a good pick for that jack good good call good call. what can i say i like movies and that's from 2019 so yeah like easily yeah. this can easily take the past two three years then but yeah, and it will, and again, it's it's totally distinct from that, and it's more in line with those other ones because it is totally its own thing. And this one, now we talk about this a lot on the show, right? I don't think this is a virtue in and of itself, but this movie is entirely original. It's not based even on like a comic or a a book, nothing. It's just totally from the ground up. It's and it's not. That's not to say it's like not somewhat derivative. It's definitely you know, it's building on others in the genre and stuff. Well, yeah, it's standing on the shoulders of giants, exactly. as it were. The giants, a la Groundhog Day, a la, I don't know, Live, Die, Repeat. I don't know, shit like that. <laughs> it's 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 totally, it's a totally original plot and everything. And it's just great. And again, that's not to say it's a, that's a virtue 
of its own because we always say like people give too much too much lip service to the idea that like oh everything's a, a remake or an adaptation or whatever because that's been hollywood for like all time yeah the entirety of its existence but that's not to say this wasn't refreshing because it was it was like totally cool to just go in and have something totally fresh but it's also not like this is like we said it's an a24 film right but it's not a super artsy fartsy kind of one either is it no no it's it's a, it's very much that a i feel like a24 can fall into one of those two categories i thought well, maybe three either not very good far too artsy like green knight or just like Really good and not artsy, like good time, like good time, good times. Love that movie as well, and this movie. Even well, you know, like Euphoria is an A twenty four production. Yeah, oh, right there as well. And I would say that's also in the same thing. It's not like you know, I we we are we talked a lot about when we were watching it, but you know, we won't get into it again. But some people think of that as like, oh, this has really got something special to it. And some people are like, oh, this is just kind of generic, whatever stuff. But and that's kind of where this one would fall. I would say, although I would say this is getting pretty much universal praise. But it's that same kind of thing. Like, well, it's something, you know, it's definitely more accessible, right? I would say it's more approachable for the average person. It is like a sci-fi kind of thing. That's that's usually more of a crowd pleaser, right? It's playing off like ideas and themes and stuff that are present in like the Marvel movies and stuff. But again, it's it's all it's a totally unique kind of take on it, and uh, yeah, it's really good. I don't know, it's just excellent. Like I said, everyone's been saying it's good. We're not really uh, paving paving new uh new ground here. It's great. I really loved it. I was I was actually like surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Even even knowing that going in that like it was getting all these glowing reviews and stuff. I really did like it. Uh, I thought the obviously not too many. I want to too spoilers at all. My general things like I think the ending message, the little speech at the end that the husband gives. That's not too much of a spoiler. I don't no. think that that really I, that really got me. I think that was really powerful. I think there was a couple, really, a couple sequences of this that were really yeah got me moving too. And it's all in the third act there for the most part. Yeah. His speech. Yeah. I'd say there's like a, yeah, we won't get too much, but there's like a sequence where it's cut into the different, you know, multiverses, right? And you're seeing events play out and you're like, oh, okay. And it's kind of like an upturn and you're like, wow, this is, this is cool. And that got me going. And then, you know, a couple of minutes later, like things start to go wrong again. And like, that's kind of this idea of like, well, nothing goes right forever. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was like a powerful message and, and the way that that resolves. Right. And the, yeah, the, the kind of final theme that they derive from that and the, the sort of well, the sort of final final conversation obviously between the uh the, the two characters are and i don't yeah you're right like i think it's got a lot of heart to it but in like a good way and it's i don't think it's like overly sappy right yeah and it's got again it's got a lot of like crowd pleasing elements like they're you know it's michelle yo right she's got like roots in these kung fu movies right oh, i'll yes. just i'll say this, this is a bit of a swear but the one multiverse version of her right is basically her in real life i mean not not one-to-one i don't know her whole like life story but life story. she is like a she was popular in hong kong like kung fu movies in the 90s and that's how she got her like breakout and everything and you know she's doing a lot of kung fu in this which is cool like the fighting is is well choreographed and everything it's neat but again it's got a lot of heart and message and there's like you know all there's symbolism and themes up the wazoo chuck full of them i would say something i really liked was the the mechanism by which they're the like tech in this movie worked right yeah, I thought that was very unique. I I didn't expect it to go like that. Yeah, this whole idea, basically, just that to get through them to the different multiverses, you kind of have to like generate. I don't know. It's almost like you have to generate enough chaos to bust you out of your timeline. Yeah. With different ones. You you can't actually. Well, the one thing is that you can't leave your universe. Yeah, you're not, you have to. You're you can't physically leave the universe you're originate from. Mm-hmm. Your mind has to like possess other versions of yourself momentarily. Yeah, and like do that. 
Which is cool. Yeah, you just kind of like make unlikely events occur that wouldn't happen normally, and just just to shift everything so much that it doesn't know where to split, and you can like in the chaos, like like you said, slip through the crack and jump to another place. Because it plays off the like you know the the standard kind of idea of like the the infinite universe theory, which is like you know every person throughout their life makes essentially a near infinite number of choices, and it was off the idea that you know there's an infinite number of different realities where you make the different versions of those choices, right? Mm-hmm. And if every choice in your life as a different branch, then yeah, it would get nearly infinite, right? And so the way they like capitalize on that is that if you make a choice that is so just like illogical and random, kind of like messes with the probability of it all, and you're generating enough like just like chaos almost that you can you can make the jump. Yeah, which is, you can just pick where you go next. It, which is a very neat concept, I would say. Oh, yeah. It's a very cool way to do it. And you kind of, you know, the way they kind of introduce you to it, they don't explain it at first. You you have to kind of like piece it out a little bit yourself before, you know, someone sits you down and gives you the whole spiel. And I think that's cool as well because you're kind of piecing it like, all right, so she just did that and, and he just did that. Like, what are they, what is the, what's the logic here, right? Why are they doing this? That's yeah, and the, the bad guy did all this and it reminds me a little even of um, Scarlet Witch, more so from the comics, I guess. Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch's thing from the comics, one of her powers is probability. It's all probability. It's just like she can capitalize on this chaos magic and she can just make incredibly improbable things happen, which kind of like this is, is if you subscribe to like, you know, yeah, the the infinity of it, then there's almost no limits to that because you can always even if you can alter the most minuscule, unlikely thing to happen to happening, then you can do almost anything. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I do think it's great. I think all the performances were great. Right. Oh, yeah. Show yo and the and again all the other rooms. Jamie Lee Curtis is fun in it. James Hong doesn't do oh, it yeah. a whole ton, but he's good. Oh no, I, well he he does a little more than it initially seems. Uh, yeah, he's good. He, I didn't. I didn't, I was surprised at Jamie Lee Curtis because she sticks around for most of the movie. She's like a pretty present force. Because yeah. I knew, she, which I was surprised. I saw she was in the cast, and then initially it seems like her role is going to be pretty minor, and then yeah, she she sticks through the whole time, which is cool. And she actually, I didn't even know she was in it. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know a ton about this movie. I didn't watch trailers or anything, which I like doing more and more nowadays, especially for something like this. Like, it's not, you know, again, like, oh, this Marvel. isn't a Marvel thing. There's no implications to this for other larger franchises or universes. So I was like, I, I saw the reviews really good. I saw a couple people on Twitter tweet about how great it was. And I was like, all right, let's just give it a go. And yeah, it's it's awesome. I would I would strongly, I strongly recommend this as pretty much anything. I would agree. I think, I I mean, I'm going to, I was thinking about in the theater, I was going to, um, about when eventually we get to our next uh, ranking and end of the year, probably going to be top of non-Marvel movies. Yeah, it's. I mean, like it's like, it's, it, it, it's really cool. It's top out of any and all the movies that aren't Marvel movies that I know about. I don't know how it's going to even like beat it. I mean, maybe the North. I mean, okay, I say that, but the Northman could beat it. Northman will probably be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's that's a good call. That one could be. So it, it might be a tight race between those two films. I will say because we're going to watch the Northman. Uh, not next episode, but the episode after that's coming out on the twenty fifth. We're gonna watch the Northmen and talk about it. That's definitely potential. So that uh, that movie might. Other than that, those two, these two movies might just dominate the year for me. For not, even maybe even above other Marvel movies. I mean, Doctor Strange is probably gonna be the best one, but yeah, Thor four, Thor four, but yeah, shit. But yeah, I mean, it's a early call, but I, I, I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I had the same thought. I was like, this is this is gonna be one of the better movies of the year. Like I said, it's it's one of the best movies that I feel like I've seen in years. So, you know, you, if we carry that over the other direction, it's, it's clearly an uncommon, you know, it's, a, it's of uncommon quality. So unless this, this year is an absolute, like, just banger for, uh, for 
top tier films, I think this is going to probably be towards the top of our list as well. And again, it's cool because it is an A24 movie and we watched a good handful of A24 films, right? Last year. And so is uh, The Northman. We're going to come up on another one. And like, they've kind of, um, I feel like, ironically enough, like A24 has sort of cornered the independent studio market. Yeah. Which is funny to say because like, they're almost like a, I mean, they're not, I know they're not actually a big studio, but that's just how it seems. Like, it feels like they're making all of the indie movies nowadays or those kind of films. Um, But yeah, I think something like this is, it is really special because it can kind of capitalize on both. Like it's accessible. It's fun to watch, right? Like it's a fun movie. I guess we should have said that. It's not, it's not all great. It's got, again, it's got themes and like a lot of heart to it, but it's not like dull and and grimy and sad. (laughs) A lot of the other ones we've, we've seen from them. It's just, it's just really solid and easy to watch while also conveying that, you know, the kind of indie like feel and some of the higher like I don't know <laughs> what makes an indie film. I I agree. Really mostly right. themes, right? Themes, themes um, vagueness. Well, not a lot of action. I get no. There's a lot of action in this movie. There is a lot of action. Again, that's what I mean. That's why I think it's like really something kind of special. And the other thing is like the action is done spectacularly as well, though. Like even, everything about it is pretty like it's it's kind of exceptional, right? Like the way it's presented too. Like the filmmaking behind it, technically, it's really it's it's quite a quite a spectacle to watch. Quite a marvel, it really is. Like the way that they do the deal with all the jumping around and the and because again, it is a multiverse situation and like the way they present that a lot of the time, it's really it's something. It's really something to see. It's really something to see. That's that's for sure. Couldn't agree more. Mm. So with that, I guess we're not doing spoilers. I guess anything else to say really generally besides uh, just go see it. Definitely go see it. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, do spoilers. Well, I mean, I guess you got to wait till the end of the year when we actually talk about it. If you want any kind of spoiler thing, because we probably won't do it. Yeah, we want you to go see it on your we own. We probably won't. Like again, we probably don't have any exceptional takes either. So yeah, probably like, that was just cool. great. Just great. I mean, that, hopefully this stand this uh is notable enough on its own. The fact that we don't want to get into it. Hopefully that tells you enough about it because even the other movies we like we've never done this before i, th- yeah. I think the difference is because this is like an indie smaller film Scale. here i feel like it doesn't have the marketing and like maybe not the recognition behind it quite yet so that's why because i feel mm-hmm. like when we talked about spider-man for example everyone saw spider-man right no one was waiting for our review <laughs> <laughs> no one's not like, that anyone's waiting for our review on this but maybe people just don't know about it yet and show should go uh go see it yeah i definitely yeah, definitely think so so i think uh, yeah what else do they have anything else coming up a24 in general? Yeah, I'm uh, just looking at A24 real quick. I don't think so. Wait, where is where's the Northman? The Northman is them, right? Uh, I think so. Have we put our foot in our mouth here? Maybe. X. Oh, they got well, to this while we're chatting, Jack. I watched um Good Time last night. Yeah. It was on something and I was like, gotta hear about it. And I was like, okay, let me get it. I didn't like it very much. Personally. You didn't like Good Times? Good Time? Sorry. No, nah, not really. Oh, that's... That hurts. I love that. It's movie. Like, I didn't hate it or anything, but I just, I, it didn't do it for me as much. Just didn't do it for you? Yeah, not quite. Oh, Everyone's shame. like, ah, no, I guess it's not. Not bad. <laughs> the Northman is not A24. Oh, I'll cut that out. Oh, oh, cut it out. <laughs> just had those vibes, I guess. It's just by focus features, which are, they're I, also, like, I think, I think the thing is the guy who wrote The Lighthouse is doing this movie and he's a, and that, and, and The Lighthouse is A24. Yeah, is, that is true. He's the guy who did The Witch and Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. I mean, it is, it's by Focus, which is an independent. They also distribute indie and foreign films in the US. So, similar vibes. Okay. Our bad. So, yeah, they, they did like Black Klansmen and stuff. 
They've also done Downton Abbey. That's weird. <laughs> that doesn't feel like much of an indie film, but okay. Yeah. I did like I did like uh, Black Klansman. That's a very good movie as well. A yeah. movie I'd recommend. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Anyone who says we don't like uh, indie, you know, art house movies and we're just big Marvel shills, they can refer them to this one. I mean, we are Marvel shills. Like, let's... Let's, yeah, refer them to the to our review of the most Marvel-like A24 film ever made. <laughs> How much we liked it. And that'll show them. That'll show them. We did it. Right after we talked about Moon Knight. Don't make it too vague. Or we'll complain like like Green Knight or something. Yeah. But if you do it right, if you put multiverse and superpowers in it, then we'll see your dumb, your dumb indie films, okay? And we'll think it's incredible. But only then. And I, we all know... Every every filmmaker in Hollywood is is absolutely yearning for a good attack review. Yeah, they're take they're, notes. They're champing at the bit to see what we think of their please, fucking. Please, please, Jack and Zach, please, be, just be go easy on it. We say Ridley Scott. Fuck I'm you. I'm sorry. I didn't. We didn't. We just didn't like House of Gucci that much. I'm and then sorry. we steal his life force like a Moon Knight, <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the price you must pay for a a mediocre film. Just like a just like a slightly below par it, i mean it wasn't that bad to be we honest like the last duel but a good a good for the bad my man you gotta take the good with the bad and unfortunately that's you're bad see you ridley scott and that's what we do we do it for everyone and we we really just got leaves and in, in shambles know. we're the kingmakers in hollywood <laughs> the kingmakers jesus all right so we go see everything in the go see it yeah go see it. Child mails it all to us i said to my friend once i was like ladybird pretty good movie i think i said jack I was like, Jack, I watched Lady Bird on Netflix. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, years after the movie released. And then that's when Timmy Chalamet really shot up after that. He wasn't getting nothing. You, you check. Go look, Jack. Go I'm look looking right now. Him. He had no roles but up until... <laughs> up until Lady Bird. Until 2020 when I watched Lady Bird for the first time. Yeah, that's we discovered him, even though he was born five years before you and six years before me. And he had many roles prior and was working on many things after, before and after that. It was me. It was you. Where are the kingmakers? Also, he's going to be Willy Wonka. I decided that. Yeah, I don't know about that. We might. We don't have to. We don't have to bring him down a peg when that comes around. <laughs> well, the t- well, the blacklist him. We'll have to l- remind him who's boss. <laughs> Who really calls the shots in this town? The Akatak. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we doing? All right, Akatak. You know, the last little topic for this week. The other thing we spent we've spent some time on this week. Which is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga? Yes, this is another no-brainer. Everyone on Earth has been giving this good reviews. All right, we're not special. We probably won't provide much good, incredible insight, but no, turns out it is a good game. Turns out, yeah, it turns out the Lego Star Wars game is good. Who knew? All the other ones were some were just, just a fluke till then, and now it's for real. All those other well-received games that they've all made that everyone kind of just liked unanimously. <laughs> One thing good too. I, uh, I we sp- we spoke about this game before we started recording. I spoke about how uh, to Zach how I've been playing Elden Ring for like like seventy hours, and I've been playing that game since it came out. And now I've switched to this open world game, and it kind of feels like like a very hard shift in dif- a very hard shift in everything. Because instead of like a realistic, gritty, awful world that's full of monsters and rotting people and just horrific horrors beyond comprehension, really. You have to kill them in a horse, and you're, it's just you. I go to a happy little game. Where everybody's kind of a toy, and they break apart, and there's little <laughs> money flying everywhere. You you really can't die, honestly. You can't die. I haven't. I only die because I'm like I can't fly the ship right, and I crash all the time. But I don't <laughs> die from the enemies. I die because I'm like just running in, guns blazing. There but even go. then, you can't die. 
No, you really can't. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna say that even before you said it, I, I was intended to bring up a similar point, which is yeah, this is this is quite the inverse of, <laughs> of Elden Ring. But I think it's good. I think it's a good refresher for me, because Elden Ring, I, I have not gotten as far or played probably as much Elden Ring as you, because maybe it's my relative inexperience with the from software games and everything, but I, I do find it kind of unpleasant and grating to play for, for too too long at a time because it really is it's quite punishing. And maybe that maybe I just need to get good. Like I get it, whatever. Well, I mean, just level vigor, my man. That's right. I yeah, I need more vigor. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I do find it to be like a diff a difficult and at times just unpleasant game. <laughs> so this is this is quite the breath of fresh air. This is it's a delight. It's just it's just exceptional. It really is. Like they've done a really good job. They've done all the movies, other than you know the spinoffs, which maybe who knows. Uh, but when we get them, but I'm really excited at the prospect of playing the sequels. I haven't gotten to there yet personally, but like, that's really cool. Um, even though there's all the, the whiny man babies on, like, why do I have to play the sequels? Can I, can I get rid of the sequels in, in the game? Can I just play the originals? Blah, 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 whatever. Screw off. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm excited by that. I was actually thinking about it. It's like, you know, it's a Lego game, right? Which is kind of like, its own class but at the same time this is the only star wars game of its kind period just as star wars right which is like yeah. all the movies right this is the first time other than like snippets in star wars battlefront 2 right where you can play out the sequels other other than the other <laughs> lego force awakens game right but yeah. for, for the last jedi and the rise of skywalker in particular there, there's no game like this where you can play through it and i think it's because like it seems like lately games like that are less and less common. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back in the day, they used to do it all the time where they would just do like, here's the video game of the movie. <laughs> they don't yeah. do that as much anymore. And uh, so like, Probably, in that way, it's kind of notable. Oh yeah. And like, I told like characters, I'd like forgot about like when I, I'd, I forgot about Snoke for like the longest time. I was like, Oh yeah. Snoke is a guy I could play as like, I, I didn't, it didn't click in my head that I'd be like able to play as him, but I can play as like fucking anybody, but also not. It, it's weird who they include. There's like 380 characters in the base game, not including all the DLC, which puts it like over 400. And there's some people who are there and some people who aren't there that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, this does have the most characters in any Lego game ever, but I feel like it's almost not enough more. If that makes yeah. sense. We've talked about it a couple times, I think, off the show, but like Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens had quite a lot of care I'll, I'll bring up the numbers right now we're talking but it was like almost close to this and that was one movie right so i just feel like you know especially when you're talking that this is you know launching along on on the the newest gen of consoles and stuff as well like it feels like maybe they could have pushed that envelope and really got a lot more in there because there is some absences even from like other like i want to maybe maybe i'm misspeaking here i'd have to really like comb it over but i want to say there's a couple characters even maybe who are from some of the other games that did not make the cut for this one which does seem weird yeah, well at the very least all the characters from clone wars aren't in here so well, that's true that's kind no of Ahsoka, like no ventress or savage press or definitely true but i even think just if you want to look at it from just the skywalker saga there's still some some characters who probably could have made the cut oh yeah definitely even down to you you brought up an excellent point we were talking about this the other day but there's some characters who exist as actual lego minifigures who did not make the cut here which that is definitely strange yeah say, right because you know that's that is something about these games is that almost every lego game i don't know, I'm gonna say almost every lego game ever has characters who don't actually appear in in real lego form that you you know, have never come in a set or anything. 
Mm. Um, which is fine, right? Like that just is going to be, uh, it's just going to happen, right? But it's weird that the inverse happened. <laughs> There's some characters who exist as actual minifigures who didn't make the cut in this for some reason. And I guess there's got to be some kind of like middle ground. Point, they got to have a limit. They got to kind of yeah. have a hard limit of like, we just can't put any more. So I get it. But it, there is a couple disappointing absences. Like, like Coleman Trevor. Where's Where? Coleman Trevor? Where is he? Why is Yaddle in the game? Who cares? Like the one, I, I watched a lot of like, like, like um, developer interviews and they were coming out after the game launched or like a month or so ago. And like the head guy, really into the fact that Yaddle was in the game. And I'm like, why do you like Yaddle so much? But that's what we talked about before. Everybody's got that one guy in Star Wars who they just love. And mm-hmm. they love them for like, you know, Zax is whoever, whatever dumb, awful character he likes. I don't even remember. Bro. Yes, <laughs> you do. You're just being mean. Uh, well, yes. Well, yes, like, of course. Of course, I'm just being mean. We talked about him on the very first episode ever of this show, right? It's the second episode. It's the first episode, right? Did we? We talked about four LOM. Oh, it, you know what? It was the first episode. They killed right. him. But then he came back. He's back, baby. He's back. They brought four LOM back. But I... You can't You can't keep a good man down. <laughs> Is he a man? I thought he was a, a robot. Check. Droids are people, too. Not, no, no, they're not. I don't think so. Yeah, they are. Droid rights. Fuck them. Honestly, fuck them. Droid em. rights, Jack. No, no, no. Yeah, something I think is really... I mean, at the end of the day, like, the characters thing is kind of inconsequential, right? You know, especially because they all play the same, right? Like, Coleman Trevor would be the same functionally as Kifisto or Plo Koon or whatever. It's just about, like, having him in there. Just, like, the aesthetic. So, like, you know, you can't really complain too much. That's a pretty superficial thing in, in the grand scheme of things, right? But I will say something that I think is really interesting that they did with this one, and I think is is a plus is they've integrated, like, the open world into the game, like, into the levels more, where certain sequences and stuff, you don't play in the context of, like, a contained level. You do out in the world. And I think that's that's really interesting. You gotta go to the next level. Yeah, like, and that's the thing that, you know, open world games have been doing forever. Like, you know, when you're talking about bigger, you know, like, AAA games and stuff that are, you know, whatever, adult-oriented oriented orientated what's oriented sure but it's not they haven't really done that before in lego star wars and i kind of like i kind of see both sort of routes because on the one hand there is a couple things where i'm like oh i wish that was in like an actual level so i could go replay it right like i think the one that stood out to me the most maybe is the in the phantom menace and this and i've also not completed it all yet so maybe there'll be some other ones to stand out but like in the phantom menace the first level doesn't happen until you get on the sub and you go through the core right so mm-hmm. the entire sequence in the beginning, from the beginning of that movie, where they're on the Detroit battleship, um, then they land and they they make their way to Autogunga. All of that is like happens in the in the open world, but it doesn't actually. It's not an actual replayable like level, which you know I just think is like it's just interesting. It's not actually good or bad, but yeah, it's cool. And sometimes it really is like more immersive because it's like all right, we don't just teleport to the next spot. We gotta walk there. Like it's it really is more of an open mm-hmm. world, even though. A lot of the Lego games, you know, really the past, like, I don't know, eight, nine years or so have embraced more of this, like, full on open world scenario. And you, and you have these larger, these larger hub world, overworld areas where you can go and do stuff between missions. This is the first time I've seen at least where it's actually integrated into the missions where you have to, like I said, you have to, like, fully actually go there on your own and stuff, which is, which is cool. Yeah, I also like how you can, um, like, go to different levels from different, like, story points. So, like, in episode three... If you're in Padme's area, you can do an uh, attack the clones mission while in the Revenge of the Sith part, just because it's 
it's just connected because they're all connected to that location. So if you go to location, you can go to different locations and still play the levels. Like it's not as restricting where you're like, well, I'm in episode three mode, quote unquote. So I can't do any other missions. No, if you go to the place you need to go, like that place where that Lego level will trigger, it'll just happen. You'll just co- get back to episode three when you're done. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good because you can just do whatever you want. You could jump back and forth, right? Like you can, yeah. you can start with the sequels, originals, or prequels if you want, which is cool. You can jump all the way back, you know, you can jump back and forth all between them if you want. Uh, the big thing is like the, the actual gameplay itself, like sort of the combat, the different abilities and stuff that's turned way up this game, right? They really like distinguish the different sort of classes they have and stuff. And they really make it a little bit more involved. Again, like you said, it's not, it's obviously still not super hard. It's not challenging, but there is more to do. Like you can at least occupy yourself like, all right. I'm going to get combos at least, right? The combat's not hard, but you can kind of be like, well, I'm going to, at least to amuse myself, go for combos on these and do these different moves and stuff. Whereas in the past, it was literally just like, you know, you spam the one button, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you have, do you have much more to say? Um, no. I think I think it's real fun. I like, you can, I like yeah. all the ships, the flying around in space is cool. The space cool. battles I like. This is another one where like, once we finish it and everything and we get to our end of the year wrap up, I'm sure this is going to be towards the top for yeah games for us i mean it's a it's a no-brainer for me right big star wars nerd you just I mean, do yeah. a game with all the star wars movies in it and it's, it's lego a, uh, it's a thing like, that i've spent way too much money on in my life way too much money on for it's garbage. a it's a it's a win it's a slam dunk for them really yeah <laughs> they're just making they're like it's like your your own little printing money machine they're like oh that's right this guy but again this is another thing where it's like well everyone else give good reviews too yeah we're not, you're not, <laughs> we're not gonna break new ground here exactly Exactly. Everyone's playing it already. You've all you've all probably have a copy. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening probably has one or knows someone who has one and has heard all this from them or some such. That's right. So I think with that, we'll uh, we'll send her on out, eh, Jack? I think we should. So we're going to Akatech right in the end here. So always, thank you so much for listening. You can always find us uh, at Twitter and Akatech Jazz. It's Akatech J-A-Z and, at, and on Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone you know about our show, please. Please, as always, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, or Podbean. Our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at ningoshin.jpg on Instagram or Redbubble. Our intro was done by friend of the show, Celery Salt. In June, you'll know more, you fucks. Don't ask me. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.